Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know how much we've been covering the most recent horrific incidents of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, uh, Tracy Lee Jones and Bethel, Julie Minogue and Milford, just recently. And, of course, so many names come to mind, including Jennifer Dulos, which is now years away, but still very much in the mind of many of us. And these are cases of murder of women in plain sight who appeared to have utilized all the resources available to them and done all of the so-called right things to be able to avoid this calamity, clearly living in terror every second of every day of every life. And what's remarkable about these women, all of them, is that while they were living in terror in the inside, they all went about their business of being mothers, incredibly upstanding and helpful members of society, contributing to their schools, their volunteer organizations, getting breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the table for their kids, and yet inside, churning, churning, and terrified because they knew that the person that they had made children with was the one that now had this obsessive, murderous impulse toward them. And all three of these women died. And Domestic violence is the number one suburban crime of seriousness in suburbia, at least I know here in Connecticut. And so I'm particularly honored and particularly pleased that the lieutenant uh, of the Westport Police Department, Detective Jillian Cabana, are you properly referred to as lieutenant or detective? Um, Just lieutenant. I'm not a detective Just lieutenant. You're not a detective anymore. Okay, because your bio says Detective Cabana joined the Westport Police Department in May of 2006. So was lieutenant a a, um, a promotion? Yes. From detective? Okay. So Lieutenant Cabana is a graduate of the Fairfield County Detective School, Advanced Crime Scene Processing, Advanced Review and Interrogation, Electronic Surveillance Courses. She is the Domestic Violence Liaison for the Police Department and has received several department awards, including an award for meritorious duty. And she lives with her husband in Fairfield, Connecticut, so she's local here and cares very much about our community and every single day puts on a uniform to protect and serve. So Detective Cabana, pardon me, Lieutenant Cabana, thank you very much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So, Lieutenant, um, so where do we begin here? This is what I really want to know. I want to know this. 
if a woman has gone, and I know that this is sometimes for men, but we're talking about mostly women. So if a woman has gone to a judge and she has been able to persuade a judge that this man in her life who has been stalking her, who has been menacing her, who is sending threatening text messages to her, who's leaving weird stuff on her machine, who's letting other people know he's in the neighborhood, if she's been able to persuade a judge on an ex parte basis without him even being there, without even the benefit of his counsel, the judge is so concerned that he's hearing one side of the story that he feels something has to be done imminently, and he does an ex parte temporary restraining order, what happens if it happens in Westport? Uh, If it happens in Westport, so a copy of the order gets sent to our local police department, um, the department where she works. And that would be statewide, no matter what town. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the application for the relief from abuse, there's sections where you would put your your home address, your work address. So everyone gets a copy of that. Um, Should the order get violated and, and that woman calls 911, we go there and we'll know that there's an order there. Um, Where do you go to? To the woman's house? If if that's where she's calling from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, If she's out on the road and says, I'm being followed, we'll we'll go to her. Our priority is the the victim's um, safety. And if a violation has taken place and there's probable cause, then that party gets arrested. If they get arrested, do they get held someplace? So they will come to the Westport Police Department, um, and they're charged. It is a felony for violating restraining order. Okay, so it's not a misdemeanor. It's a felony. And they are held with us um, until they post bond. And is it mostly common that they do get to post bond? Mostly, yep, Um, because bond is not used as a punishment. It's just to ensure an appearance in court. We have to have you closer to the mic a little bit. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Is that better, Andrew? We like that better? Okay, good. Um, So tell me again. I'm sorry. Yep. So if they post bond, they're released with additional conditions of release, which essentially would be the same as in the order. Yeah. Um, So they're not going to do it again either. I mean, if they violated the order once because they know the police are coming after them, what is the incentive to not violate again? Violate it again. I'm just asking. I'm really asking. At the end of the day, I agree. It's a piece of paper. Um, So they would just, every time they violate it, they'll get arrested. Um, All right. So I'm very, okay, let me ask you this, Lieutenant Mm Cabin. You know that somebody has a restraining order in your neighborhood. But what you've just told me is that the policy of police is that they actually start acting as a police department if a report of a violation. Is there any affirmative preventive thing that the police does when they know that there is a restraining order in town? Uh, Preventive, we flag the address in our system. You flag the address. but, But do you approach the person... And say to the person, by contacting them in any way, we know there is a restraining order against you, and we are watching you. And if we get a report of a violation, we are arresting you. I mean, I think a lot of that is covered with victim services at court um, and safety planning done with them. But the answer is no. In other words, that's not how the police see their role. I mean, I think that's an area where we could improve for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's really what I want to talk about today. Because <clears throat> it may be too late to report the violation. Mm-hmm. The violation may be the first violation could be a stabbing or, or a shooting. Oh, well, they violated. Okay, well, too late. 
You're correct. One of the proactive measures we do take, obviously, is if it's reported that the person has a, the respondent has a pistol permit, registered firearms, or dangerous weapons. And then what happens? Um, they have 24 hours to either sell them to an FFL, uh, Federal Firearms License Holder, or turn them over to the, a troop or their local police department. Um, and... You know, That's what they happen. are supposed to they're affirmatively supposed to. do. So, who f- tells them that they're supposed to do that? Do you know when they're served? It's notif- It's on the order that they're served with. So, okay, let's so let's mm-hmm. let's play this out. So, a woman is afraid, and she calls the clerk of the court, mm-hmm. and the clerk of the court says, "Come on down, physically come to court, make your case in front of a judge. We're going to expedite it. We're going to hear it. We know you're afraid." She gets in front of a judge. A gr- judge agrees with her and issues the order. You're telling me now Now we have to inform the person that there is an order against him. Yes. Because he's not in court. Correct. They have three days to be served. Okay. So a marshal has to physically take that order and pin it to him. Has to make personal service and say, just so you know, I am going to write this out in an affidavit form that you now have noticed that a judge has told you to stay mm-hmm. away from her. Mm-hmm. At that time, you also know. Now, do you know what service or do you know at the time of issuance of the order? We get facts directly from court. So you know, even before he's served, that something is happening. And once you know, you say you're, you're filing it somewhere, but you don't affirmatively ever approach the alleged perpetrator, the person that a judge has already said is a clear and present danger to a woman. Um, if So when our dispatchers get the order, mm-hmm. we immediately check both the victim and the, the respondent for registered weapons and pistol okay, permits. Okay, so that you do. <laughs> and then if you find that they have a pistol permit, do you then make a phone call and say, by the way, the law is that you need to turn it over in 24 hours? Yes. You do make that call? Yeah, we'll reach out to them. You will. So you'll reach out to them if there's a weapon, a, a firearm, mm-hmm. but you don't otherwise reach out to them. Correct. I have a question about that. Uh, Lieutenant Cabana, mm-hmm. is that something that you think you would be allowed to do, or do you think the law would prevent you from doing that? Reaching out to the the respondent? Yes. I think that would be fine to reach out to them. I you mean, th- they're, they're notified. They are aware of the order because they were served with it. Right. So. But what I'm saying is even if they don't have a firearm, do you think that it would improve police policy to just be a little bit more aggressive with these people and say, we know that there's an order against you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they know we have them on file, but I mean, we could do that. Yeah. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm trying to go through the policy with you to mm-hmm. try and figure it out because there may, there may not ever be a perfect way to deter somebody who wants to, you know, kill someone other than to tell the women to run away. Lieutenant Cabana, how often do you tell women quietly to run away? Um... You know, it has to be a choice made by them. Um, so when we get called to a domestic violence incident, we put them in touch with services um, that day, especially if it meets certain criteria of what's called a, la- a lethality screen. If they're screening in as high danger before they can change their mind or their abuser can come back into the picture and try and sweet talk their way back into their life, they're put on the phone while we're there and present with an advocate from a domestic violence agency who does safety planning and can provide a, a number of resources to them to get them out of that situation. So they can be moved to a place where theoretically they can't be found. Correct. With their children? Yes. Has that happened often in your career? Um, so 
we don't know who actually takes them up on those services, but there has been times where, I mean, I've ran into one in particular where the agency has come out and picked somebody up. Um, the safe house addresses are confidential. Of course. So <clears throat> even I don't know their locations at this time. Okay. And so who does the DVCC? That's the um, agency that handles Westport, Weston, New Canaan, Darien, and Norwalk. Um, but there are 18 agencies like that in Connecticut. Okay. And you know who the right number is, and you call mm-hmm. the people, and you hook them up. Yes. So um, I'm just – so okay, so somebody gets a restraining order. I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of guts, of bravery, for a woman to go get the restraining order. Let's just focus on that because mm-hmm. very often these people are in such an abused mindset, and they're so afraid that they're afraid that this will provoke him to further violence. One of the most dangerous times for a woman or a man in this situation is when they go to leave. When they go to leave. And when they bring the arm of the law behind them and let people know that there could be somebody that, you know, that there are consequences. Right. So it's a rational fear, without question. Um, Okay, so they say they have this ex parte order. If there's a firearm, they're supposed to turn it in. Now, you're, you're telling me, Lieutenant Cabana, that you're going to call them when they have the firearm, and you're going to say, we know you're supposed to turn it in, and you're supposed to turn it in within 24 hours. What happens if they don't turn it in? Then we can secure a search warrant to go get it. And do you? We have luckily not run into that situation. Okay. So in your career in Westport, if someone is told they need to turn in a firearm, they've turned it in? Or they've provided proof that they've turned it into you know, Troop G in Bridgeport or, or sold it to previously there was old before the newer legislation they were able to just give it to a friend or a family member they just had to give it to somebody else now you actually have to give it to someone with a federal firearms license and people are complying with that as far as you know as far as i've seen one of the criticisms against the law had been that when there was a spate of domestic violence cases that if you would show up at a house and you'd see a man and woman arguing with each other that in sort of an excessive display of caution, you would arrest both of them. Do you still do that? So there used to be a high number of dual, what we refer to as dual arrests statewide. Connecticut had one of the highest averages of dual arrests in the nation. And that was from some well-intentioned legislature um, regarding mandatory arrests. So if there's probable cause, you shall make the arrest. The officer didn't have a choice. So if you had mutual combatants, both people were getting arrested. Um, but that's recently changed now, where now we are still a mandatory arrest state, but only of who we determine to be the dominant aggressor. So we're taking a broader look at the actual full situation that's going on in the home, not just what's happening that day. And how recently has that policy changed? Um, that changed, I want to say, two or three years ago. So not that long ago? No. Okay. It's, it's fairly recent. Um, so people need to know that because there are a lot of women... I'm going to tell you, who didn't want to call the police because they said, I'm just going to be arrested, too. I don't need that. And then what's going to happen to my kids? Right. Yep. So now it's, you know, and if it's still up in the air where, you know, should we arrest the second person or not? There's a process for that where we can submit information to court for a prosecutorial review. And the prosecutor might say, you know what? Yep, I want the second person involved arrested or, nope, that's fine. I agree with your decision. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're chatting with Lieutenant Jillian Cabana, who lives in Fairfield with her family, but who has protected and served the Westport community as a police officer. Uh, Lieutenant Cabana, for how long? How long have you been with us? Almost 17 years. Long time. I know. Yeah. I've seen you around the streets. Okay. And you're in charge of our domestic violence. So can you give me an idea? Westport's a town of residents of between twenty seven and 28,000, but there are more people than that that are in the town. Yeah. During the day, the population almost doubles. Wow. So we're talking over 50,000 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, are you getting wind of temporary restraining orders or permanent restraining orders against people that just live in the town? No, so we get notified if they also work in town. You do? Okay, wow. So, I mean, how many at any one time, like even right now, at any given time, how many restraining orders are there? Are there over 10? Are there over 50? How many are there? I actually took a look in the drawer uh, before I came here this morning, and there's at least a couple hundred in there. couple of hundred? And that's a mix of protective orders and restraining orders. Right. Well, protective orders <laughs> just means that even after arguing about it, a judge thinks it needs to stay there. So that's even, you know, tells you more evidence has been supplied. And these are, in these cases, are most of them intimate partners, family members? Most, but we also see a fair share of um, other family members in the home, siblings or or parents and children. Right, so it may not be a husband or wife, but it is a family member who is being restrained from being in contact with another family member because a judge has said this person is potentially violent. Yeah, there's a number of conditions. It could be, you know, they can't be within 100 feet of that person, but it could just be, you know, don't stalk, harass, abuse. There's various conditions. Uh, And do you feel, Lieutenant Cabana, that you know most of the facts of these circumstances of these people? The ones who live in Westport? Yeah, we're usually familiar with what is going on behind it. If we've been called before, um, a lot of these incidents happen around five times before the first call is ever placed to the police department to begin with. When you say five times, what do you mean? Uh, domestic violence in- incidents. Before anybody even calls the police. Mm-hmm. Is they're the afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid. They're afraid that if they escalate it with the police, things are going to get worse with them. Or they're afraid they're going to get arrested too. But you've just said to let people know that that's no longer the case. Not the case. What other changes have been made that you think <laughs> that we need to know about legislatively? So there were some recent changes that have been a huge step in the right direction. The biggest one being with the application for the relief from use with the TROs, the courts now don't just consider whether there's physical violence or threats of violence, coercive control, all the other things, the intimidation, the financial abuse. That's all considered Taking away their credit cards, all of that. All of that's now considered under coercive control, and that before wasn't considered. Do you think that's a step in the right direction? That's an absolute step in the right direction. Um, and now um, if a, a victim brings a copy of their restraining order or protective order to their landlord and requests the locks changed, the landlords have to have the locks changed. Okay. And they also can then not be 
um, charged, you know, the abuser could contact us and say, oh, it's criminal lockout. They've locked me out of my apartment. The landlords aren't being charged with that because okay. they have to change the locks. Got it. Okay. That's a very good practical mm-hmm. change. And while COVID was bad for a number of obvious reasons, one of the good things came, that came out of COVID was remote hearings. So people who want to have, you know, within 7 or 14 days to have this TRO hearing at court, they can apply and request to do it remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest fears is, well, now my abuser knows exactly where I'm going to be at this exact time. Oh. And that kind of takes that off the table. Oh, very good. And remember, in most cases, these abu- abused people don't have attorneys. They're doing it all there on their own. We call that pro se, P-R-O-S-E. And so, yeah, they're terrified. And they don't mm-hmm. understand the system. Yep. But there are mechanisms in place. If they do have an in-person hearing, if they feel like they need more security, they can contact the court about that, and they'll have additional security on that day in that courtroom. Or they can request at least two days prior to their hearing that they want to have it remote. Okay. Lieutenant Cabana, I feel like we could keep talking about this, but I want to invite you back on the show. I want to thank you very much for the work that you're doing. You're very welcome. really is a pleasure to talk with you. We have more work to do. Absolutely. We do. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 